If you have your Bibles today or your Bible apps, go ahead and get them out and let's get ready to roll here. I want to take the take today and finish, I believe that would be the right path, finish a series I've been teaching for the last couple of months called The Path to Promotion. Amen. You enjoyed that so far? Been helpful at all? All right. Then turn to our text without me telling you what it is. If you've been here, amen. Go ahead and turn to it, and uh, we'll get ready to go here. Okay, for those who are new, it's 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Beginning in verse 5, let's read again. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Praise God. That's such a powerful verse that if that's all we read, it ought to motivate us to find out what in the world that's talking about and under, get an understanding of what it means to be humble, what it means to be proud, and uh, so we can get on the right side of this equation, right? Because you find that if you, if you can clothe yourself with humility, you're guaranteed uh, to have success in life. What? God's going to promote you. He's going to exalt you. It's only a matter of time. If you're humble, it's only a matter of time, and you'll be exalted. Amen. Some will say, well, I've never been exalted. Well, then you should say, thank you, Jesus, for sending this message through the pastor so I don't have to live at such a lowly level all of my days so I can be promoted and maximize this life. Yeah? yeah that is what's happening, by the way. This is not, not, not a mystery. This is not just all theoretical. Woo, we're just talking about stuff that doesn't really apply. And uh, that's church, and it's beyond our understanding. No, this is real life. If you and I will humble ourselves, he will promote us. He will exalt us in due time. Amen? So because he wants to promote us, he gives us the necessary qualifiers. He tells us how it works. In other words, he's not promoting the proud. So if I want promoted and God wants me promoted, yet I have a proud, arrogant heart, I disqualify myself from what he wants to do. Yeah. So he gives us the information, the instruction, so that we can eliminate all promotion hindrances. Yeah? Amen. So if someone says, well, I don't really need promoted. I mean, I'm a business owner, and I, 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 who's going to promote me? This is not ta just talking about business. This is not just talking about finances, although those, all those things are included. It's talking about in all areas. It's talking about so many things in life that, uh, I mean, really, what's off the table as opposed to what is on the table? What, what doesn't count? We can be promoted in so many different areas, and God want, basically wants to elevate our life. Could your life get any better? Or 
Or are you just the personification of all that God is and all that heaven resembles 24-7? If that's true about you, you're dismissed. (laughs) I'm not worthy to preach to you. (laughs) But if you've got any room above you (laughs) in life, then then let's talk and uh, let's get into these things a little bit more. One of the things I've noticed in studying the subject of pride and humility is that pride is often listed with a bunch of other uh, sinful, evil behaviors. And uh, that's one of the revelations I think we can get sometimes when we categorize and, and structureize. How can I say? There's, we put a hierarchy on different sins. And some of them we say, oh, yeah, Never am I going to do that. And then others, we just kind of blow right past when we read the scriptures. And we think, eh, that's not a big deal. But yet when the writers of the scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, put them together, sometimes it should be a wake-up call, okay? One One of the subjects that we do that with sometimes, I think, is covetousness. And covetousness is allowed to exist in people's hearts, even as believers, and yet we somehow ignore that. Let me just read a few few verses to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous. Nor, uh, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So a bunch of stuff in there, and then it jumps out at me, nor covetous. And we think, well, that's certainly not as bad as. And we, we, uh, we name some other behavior, and so we give it a pass. Sometimes we give certain wrong things a pass in our life, not realizing how much it's costing us. Okay? Uh, in 2 Timothy 3, 2, it's listing... Uh, some of the characteristics of the last days. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Look, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and and so forth. But right in the middle, some of the worst conditions in the last days before Jesus returns, here's one of the big problems in life is people are gonna boast. What's boasting? Bragging on yourself, not boasting in the Lord, that would be okay, or even bragging on somebody else per se, but you, boasting, self-exaltation, proud people. In the last days, more and more people are going to be proud. Well, if you're like me and believe that we are living in that time, I think uh, it doesn't take too much discernment to, to, to conclude that we've got to be pretty close, you know, when you look at biblical prophecy and so forth, but what's one of the things we should watch out for? I don't want to be tripped up and fall into pride. Pride is one of those hindrances, one of those evils that characterize the last days. So I've got to keep it out of my life. Here's another one. Uh, Romans 1, beginning in 29. Uh, talking about those who have their minds blinded and so forth, their, their, their hearts, um, you know, calloused and so forth, and they, re- rebuke the, they resist the blessing. Romans 1, 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, Sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, and then proud. 
boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. So I know that's a lot of bad stuff to say in one minute, but but what, again, what, what I see here is haters of God. I mean, most of us would say, oh, not me. I am not a hater of God. I, I would never go that low. Or even murder. Oh, I, murder is bad. I agree. I'm not doing any murdering. Good. I, we agree. But, but look, right in the list, proud. Boasters. Well, I would never murder someone, but would you boast? Well, that's not near as bad. I know that it's in the same list. So maybe when we give ourselves a pass when it comes to pride, and we think it's certainly not like, it's not like hating God, it's not like killing someone, but yet inspired by the Lord, these things are kind of grouped together, I should reevaluate and ask myself if I'm allowing certain uh, sinful conditions or behaviors um, to exist in my life when uh, they are equally wrong uh, compared to some some other issues in Scripture. And and this is often a temptation when certain behaviors are culturally accepted. See, the more the culture declines, meaning gets away from God, gets away from righteousness, we're living in that that culture. And so unless we're swimming upstream, going against that current of immorality and so forth, we will find ourselves floating with it. And with that, we start embracing behaviors or thoughts or ways of viewing ourselves and God and life. We'll view it the way the culture around us does and therefore giving a pass to some of these things. And, and so, you know, how can it be wrong when everyone else is doing it? Well, this is where we, this is why we read the Bible every day, don't we? Together, we at least read a chapter five days a week. Uh, and, and, you know, and if you want to go further in God, you do more. You do that to keep your mind straight so it doesn't decline with the world around us. You keep thinking the same things because God's never changing. The world is in constant flux. He's never changing. So let's stay with the, the, uh, the certain, the sure, the unchanging word of God. And when it comes to the subject that we're talking about how we can be promoted, we must recognize Pride and humility, where it exists, what it looks like, and never give these wrong behaviors a pass in our lives. Amen? Are there any groups that are more susceptible to pride than others? If you could put people in categories, what, what groups would be more susceptible to falling uh, for this trap? I can see three clearly. There may be more. I can see three clearly in Scripture. Number one is, uh, is, is the young. When, when people are younger, they are often more likely to be proud than when, they're, than when they grow up. Here's, here's what I mean by that. We see it in, this, in our text it, right from the start. You younger people submit to your elders. Often young people are told how to uh, grab hold of themselves and put themselves under someone else. Why? Well, they don't naturally want to do that. Young people don't naturally want to submit to someone else. Um, it's common. Uh, maybe you can, you're either young or 
when young is relative, I know that. But young or you can remember when you were, or some of you have kids that are, and how many know it's, it's very common for, for example, teenagers to view their parents as not as bright and smart as they are, right? Common for teenagers to think they grew up in a different era, like thousands of years ago, you know, they don't know what we know now, things have changed, and I see things more clearly, right? And then they grow up a few years later, often when, when we get in our, you know, 20s at least, kids will start looking back at their parents and saying, huh, you're a lot smarter than I thought you were. <laughs> Why? Their maturity caught up. They had a little life experience. They recognized the, the advice, the admonition of their parents, even the rules and the discipline of their parents was helpful and necessary and, and really brilliant. <laughs> but at the time, they're blinded by it. How I many know pride is a blinder? It's, 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 it's something that deceives the heart. And so when you're younger, there's, here's the, here's the, the warning, the, the admonition. Don't think you know everything. Right? Always look to those who have gone before you, those who are older, and have a degree of, of, of respect and reverence because they've been around the block a few times. Amen. And so, and so young people are sometimes more susceptible. Secondly, we see this in Scripture, is the rich. The rich can be more vulnerable to falling into pride. I want you to look at a verse with me over here, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, everybody look at it, if at all possible, you either have a Bible or you have a phone, amen, if I'm your pastor, look it up, if I'm not, then don't, you do your own thing, because if I'm not, you're going to take what you want here today and throw out the rest anyway. Hallelujah. First <laughs> Timothy 6 and verse 17 reads, Command those who are rich in this present age, so not talking about spiritual riches or in eternity, it's talking about natural riches, not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, now think about this. Wouldn't the word, don't be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, wouldn't that be true for everybody? I mean, you, you couldn't exclude that admonition from any person. Nevertheless, the Scripture is directed calling those who are rich. What that tells me is not that those who are not rich shouldn't abide by this rule as well, but those who are rich are going to be more susceptible or more likely to fall into the temptation of being proud. Everybody with me? Otherwise, they wouldn't be identified in particular. What's the word to the proud person, or excuse me, to the rich person? Don't be proud. Don't be haughty. Don't trust in it. What should you do? You should enjoy it. 
See, religion doesn't like that answer either. You rich people, get rid of your stuff. That's not the word of the Lord. The word is don't be haughty. Don't trust in it, but enjoy it. It's a blessing from God. You've got stuff. Use it. Enjoy it. Be generous. Help other people, but enjoy it. You've got a, a nice car or airplane or, or spaceship or whatever you have. <laughs> enjoy it. Don't be high-minded. Don't be haughty. That's the word. And again, you must be more tempted to be that, or it must be a natural uh, thought to be, to think of yourself as, I'm better than. Why? Because I have money. But think about it for a moment. Really, if we were to do a little global comparison, how many know globally when you compare Americans with the rest of the planet, how many think we're all in the rich category? I mean, that's a fact, because there is poverty around the world that is not known by too many people in our, in our land, all right? So in that sense, let's all take heed to this, yeah? But I know it depends on uh, what you're surrounded by, but this is, again, uh, something that the rich should watch out for. You might be doing this without even knowing it. You might be hindering the greater blessings of God, even if they're not financial, but in other ways, hindering God's promotion in your life if you think because of your success, because of your wealth, you are somehow in a better, higher category than other individuals. Amen. So the young, the rich, number three, the religious. The religious are also uh, more susceptible. Jesus said this, in, uh, in Luke chapter 20, beginning in 45, then in the hearing of all the people, he said this to his disciples, which I think is funny that he said it. Let me just tell you this in front of everybody else. Uh, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the best places at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. So Jesus specifically identified in their day the most religious people. Okay, you would say the scribes, the Pharisees. Um, uh, he, this was recounted by some of the other writers in different way, talking about their, their phylacteries and so forth. They would put scriptures on their, on their clothes you know, doing Old Testament stuff that was biblical, but they would just go out of their way and they'd walk around looking like the most spiritual, the most committed, the most scholarly. They knew the most. They were the closest to God, they thought, than anyone else. And they wanted everyone else to know it. They liked it when people called them by a certain title, gave them position, and they would, when they prayed, it would be, whoa, you know, glorious and long prayers. Why? It's a pretense. It's fake. They're wanting others. They're doing it to be seen. They're doing it to, for the applaud and the approval of man, right? It was the most. They were the most religious of their day. Now, now how, did, how does that work out in our lives? Say, well, we're not religious here at all. Well, <laughs> that's not true. Sometimes we like to, you know, you hear me often say religion doesn't save you. That's 100% true. Okay, but think about it in, uh, in, a positive, in a positive light. Do you have any um, 
religious practices, meaning habitual, things that are good. I don't mean that you're trusting in works. I don't mean that you're trusting in yourself for salvation. But you might be very disciplined in your moral standard. You might be very disciplined in your prayer life and in, in reading the word and serving and giving. And uh, uh, that could be considered religious, not necessarily in a negative way, though. You do it habitually. You do it as a matter of commitment before God. That's positive to have high standards for your life. Everybody with me? Okay, so that's not a negative. However, when someone does have those things functioning in them and working in, in their life, there is a temptation to start looking down on others who don't have the same standards or disciplines that you have. I've known people who were very disciplined with their diet and they scoff at anyone who's not. Someone who's overweight and they're just like, ah, they, they just do this. It's like they look, they, they, they got something working in their life instead of just being grateful, thankful that they, you know, uh, they look down on others. All right. People do that spiritually. Well, I'm more committed to God and I'm in the prayer meetings and I'm serving and I'm giving, you know, this amount. Fine. Do all that. If that's done with a heart right before God, you're in a good place. But you probably weren't always there. You probably grew to that place. You didn't get saved and instantly every No. So we've got to watch that we don't all of a sudden become the judge of everyone else who does less than us. Amen. So that the religious sometimes are susceptible. When a person's heart is lifted up, some of the behaviors we see is, is they often take liberty to do things that they shouldn't do. They become more than everyone else. They're lifted up in their hearts and they start taking liberty. They, they become the exception. Other people do these things, but for me, I don't have to, I'm different. And I can do things that others can't do. When they were small in their own mind, they would ask permission. They would seek out the guidance of those in authority in a, in a given situation or who are above them. But now they're past that, and so they do whatever they want to do, however and whenever they want to do it. They often feel superior to others. They're not going to tell you, I'm better than you. I'm, I'm superior. No, but they, they, they feel this way about themselves. If they'd be honest, they do. One, one person told me that uh, years ago they were working in Hollywood, and they were making commercials. They were in the commercials and so forth, and, and getting paid a boatload of money for a very little work. And, uh, and because, I mean, I just think, praise God, that's great that you can do that. But they told me that the condition of their mentality totally changed when they were doing it. He, he, he said, I would drive down the freeway and look at other people who were going to their regular jobs and just look down on them. I felt like I was better than them. I was superior to them because I'd go in here and I was something I just could ching in a matter of minutes, <laughs> make a whole lot of money. He started looking down on everybody else, feeling superior, okay? Uh, people, when their hearts are lifted up, they often will opine about subjects that are outside of their expertise, they think their opinion is always needed. 
If ever there's a subject, what they think about it matters. How many know none of us know everything? And none of us are experts on all subjects. But when you are lifted up, you suddenly are empowered to speak up about everything and have an opinion about everything and, and think everyone needs to know what you know. Amen. When our hearts are lifted up, we start to think uh, we're, we're good at everything. Not only do we know it, but we're skilled in all areas, that, uh, that we can do what anyone else can do and probably better than they can do it. And we haven't learned to stay in our own lane, as it's said, to stay in our own calling and our own gifting. One of the things I was taught when, when I, in, in Bible school many years ago was, was that when you're in the ministry, you want, you, you want to make sure that you never intrude into someone else's office. So you find your calling and you do that and you stay that. You don't start looking at someone else's calling and trying to do what they do. And everybody with me? It was usually examples were given about sometimes evangelists or prophets that would want to be teachers. And, uh, and so they would go in their meetings and they'd start trying to teach the, the word. Teach the, teach, and they were out of their place. They weren't gifted. They weren't anointed to do it. And usually what happened is if they didn't get back in their spot and in their calling and stop intruding in someone else's gift, they would die young. And people don't understand. I don't understand. That was a man or woman of God. And, and they died in their, you know, at, at a young age. And I don't understand it. Sometimes that's the reason. They got out of their place. And which means they got out of their grace, which sustains their life. So we shouldn't think that we're just everything. We're good. We're, you know, the master of all subjects. Just because we're skilled in one area doesn't mean we're skilled in another area. I mean, no, that's okay. We don't have to like it. I want to be good at everything. I want to do what I do well. I want to do what you do well. <laughs> but humble yourself. Say, what am I gifted to do? And there's some things in life I am ne just, I'm never going to be good at them. I need you. <laughs> and when you succeed, I should say, thank you, Jesus, for them. Yay. <laughs> they are in their spot, and I'm in my spot. They can appreciate me. I can appreciate them. But I don't have to be all things to all people. And I, I'm, that, that, maybe that's not the right phrase to use in that situation. I don't have to uh, fulfill all lanes, <laughs> be, drive in all lanes. I need to stay in my own gifting. Amen? Uh, here's another one. When people's hearts are lifted up, the rules don't apply to them any longer. So everyone else abides by a certain set of rules. But for me, no, no, I'm past that. I, I do what I want. You see it uh, sometimes at work or in various uh, organizations like that where there may be a dress code for your office, maybe, but you don't have to follow it. You're the one they always have to deal with <laughs> because you're above that. I mean, you've been working there for a long time now, and you're beyond dress codes. Uh, that person is the one who shows up late for meetings. In fact, they show up late for most stuff. Because it's, why do, why do they need to inconvenience themselves to get there on time? They're, they're above times. They don't do clocks. 
people can wait for them. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. So they don't believe in direct codes or in punctuality and systems. They just go outside the system. That's for the small people. Now, they don't say that, but it's for the little people. You guys follow the rules. <laughs> when a person's heart is lifted up, whenever they get directions uh, from superiors, they always improve those instructions. I know I was told to do this, but obviously they don't know what I know. And they change it. They just take it upon themselves to change the method, to change the, and they do it their own way. And if ever something is done, it has to be their idea too. If anyone under them ever has an idea, it's not good unless it comes from them. Because they're all that. They're, they're the all in all. Only my ideas are inspired. <laughs> well, your idea, you know, you just need to stay in your place while I occupy all the spaces. Would you turn with me to one more place today? Let me show you one more example of this. It's Second Chronicles chapter 26. So go way left in your Bible. Old Testament, 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. There's a guy here named Uzziah, King Uzziah. Let's read what happened to him. It says in verse 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Now, now what should we do when, when we're strong? Let me say it another way. When we succeed, when we're winning, when we have success, when we have strength, money in the bank, we're healthy, things are going well for us. What should we do when things are going well? Not let your heart get lifted up, but that's the time to bow. Have you had a good week? Get on your knees. Amen. Whether literally or physically, you know what I mean? Uh, when, you, when you're successful, when things are going well, that's the time when you're susceptible to start thinking, it's me, I did it. This is all about me. Instead of saying, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your ability, for the opportunity, for the breath, very breath that I breathe. Thank you, Lord, you've given me this, this chance. Yeah, be grateful. Then you won't be lifted up because if you are, he was strong. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. Remember the scripture in the Proverbs? Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. His heart was lifted up for destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. You might think, what do you mean? That sounds like a pretty cool thing. He's worshiping God. He's doing the Lord's work. Verse 17, so Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men, and they withstood King Uzziah. Now, how many know withstanding a king can be a dangerous proposition? Because they're, they're not president. No one's voting here. Uh, they, the, the king is placed, I mean, the king has all authority. So when they stand against the king, yikes, and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. Now, I mean, no, in reality, they're speaking in God's place. 
because they were appointed, anointed, called by God to do their job. And he, they're saying, you are the king, but this is not your, your, your lane. This is not your place. This is not what you're supposed to do. But he was all that. His heart was lifted up, so he's going to do whatever he wants. He's going to step into other people's calling and other people's gifting. And why? Because I'm the king. I can do this. I'm strong. I'm successful. In fact, you need my help. They went on to say, you shall, you shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious. That's a typical response of the proud. When they're challenged, when they're corrected, when, they're, when their activity, their actions are questioned, <clears throat> here comes the fire. They're, on, they're angry, they're furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. That's like these bowls. And to burn incense, and, 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 and while he was angry with the priests, while he was what? Angry. His pride is there. He's angry with them. Leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. So he's one minute doing really good. He is strong, but his heart gets lifted up. He gets proud, starts stepping into other areas, starts thinking he can do everything, and then he's angry when he's challenged, and then he gets the terminal disease. In other words, in that situation, judgment fell very quick, and it did not go well for him. And so it makes you wonder, you know, how do we handle correction when we're getting off track or we're starting to be lifted up and someone really does the right thing and calls us out on it? Are we furious? Are we angry? I want to finish with, with James 3 and verse 17. James 3 talks about the wisdoms of the world versus the wisdom of, uh, that's from above. And it, it, it reads this way, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. I want one phrase in the middle of that. This is God's wisdom. It's willing to yield. Willing to yield. As we conclude, I believe, this series, what, 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 in what manner could we conduct ourselves? What principles should guide our behavior, our thoughts, our, our views of self? I, I think it would be um, this willingness to yield should characterize us. What are we like here at this church, willing to yield, not always digging in, have to have our way, but open, movable. I'm not talking about being a doormat or just being manipulated by others. That's not what we're referencing at all. But there's a willingness to yield to the Spirit of the Lord. There's a willingness to yield to one another. No, you go first. No, you do that. And giving other people place. If we will learn to be sweet and gentle, and be yielding, and be teachable. I tell you, God can take us anywhere we need to go. He can do in us individually what He desires. His full promotion, His full plan and purpose for us can be realized instead of us going through our lives at a lower level than what, what could have been. Be teachable, be gentle, be... Uh, yielding, amen, willing to yield. And that heart of humility sets us up for success.
And as a church, come on, it creates the atmosphere where God can do amazing things that he couldn't do in the midst of a proud church. Hallelujah. Hope I've tried to swing this to a positive on the end here. It's us, by the Lord's grace and mercy. I don't think I'm really talking to a big, you know, haughty church. But I just know as individuals, I need to watch this, these things in my own life. And you need to watch them in your life. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us. Thank you for your grace. Oh, that abounds in us individually and corporately, for we certainly need it. We certainly are reliant upon your divine ability and influence upon our hearts, enabling us to, to be all you've called us to be and do all you've called us to do. We do trust in you, Lord, when we succeed, when we are strong and we are blessed and walking in your best, we bow our knee and say, you are Lord, you are God, you are the most high, and you have graced us and given us your, your ability and your favor and your influence in this land and, this, and in this earth. So we yield ourselves to you. We worship you and thank you for everything that you have done, everything that you are doing. We yield ourselves to you today. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah.